This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host today, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by a very small cast today. We have the host with the most, David Theobald III. Hey, everybody. From the smoking area of my apartment complex, I bring everyone... Alita, Battle Angel. She's muted. She's she's probably cracking up. Yes, I am. Hello. <laughs> from the smoking oh, area. I love that was it. good. From, <laughs> from that spot down by the car park. Pretty much exactly. Um, Alita, um, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, gosh. Well, hello, all the nerds out there, or and all the normal people, too. Um, my name is Alita, a.k.a. Feisty Alita. AKA, I don't know, little lady, anything that has to do with little ish. AKA um, Alita Battle Angel. Battle Angel, yes. Spelled yeah. the right way. Um, I, um, I am a color chemist. I'm an artist, musician, um, hairstylist, and overall weirdo who has a lot of energy and likes to talk about things. <laughs> And Alita has a very special tattoo that influenced our topic today. Oh, do tell. I do. I have a half sleeve of Fraggle Rock on my right arm. That's amazing. And because of that, I'll be talking about Jim Henson today. Yeah. How his work has influenced our lives and the things we like and the things we don't like. But first... Uh, but first, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, where we uh, discuss the nerdy things we've done in the past couple of weeks, and then we vote using Mike Myler's patented system to decide who was the nerdiest. And Alita, because you are our guest, we throw you into the fire and make you go first in this game. <laughs> so what was nerdy with you in the past few weeks? She muted again. Didn't yep, she is muted. She's getting used to this oh. whole Skype thing. <laughs> it's different, okay? <laughs> sometimes I'm smart. Sometimes ador- I'm adorable. Apparently, I'm really adorable today. Oh, don't don't feel bad. Brian does it all the time. <laughs> um, I think one of the nerdier things I've done is besides um, hanging out with one of my friends who was... Um, Basically, I was explaining the difference in the pharmacology of certain ADHD meds as opposed to street drugs. That's one thing. And then another one was explaining the uh, mammalian dive reflex to somebody at the pool. Oh, wow. That's some hardcore science right there. That's that's nerdy as hell. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you said is hardcore science. Yeah, that is stuff. hardcore science. That's yeah, we're impressed. Shit. 
Well that, done. It, it's going to be really hard to follow that. Yay, so do I uh, earn my place on this podcast? <laughs> yes, you are definitely yeah. one of us. Um, David, what was nerdy with you? Well, um, you know, not too much. Uh, I took my girlfriend and her kids down to the Fun Factory at the Redondo Pier again. It's sadly going to be shutting its doors permanently soon. So if you're in the Redondo Beach area in Southern California, get a chance. You head out there for nostalgia's sake before it closes. What is it? We're good. It's a uh, it's an arcade. It's an old school arcade. And it's one of the last ones around, and it's been there forever. And they've got tons and tons of old games, all kinds of all kinds of weird crazy. It's fun. Oh, that sounds like a really fun thing to do. That's great. And I'm sad it's closing. So, like I said, it's been there forever. I, I we used to go down there as kids all the time, and it's, just, it's great fun. And it's nice to see her kids having fun there as well, even though sadly it's not going to be around for two. We were uh, stockpiling tokens for the prize wall the last couple. Of, uh, Brian, how about you? What was what's been nerdy with you these last couple of weeks? You know. Everything has been revolving around this Pathfinder role-playing game, game we had planned. So um, I ran my first game, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, last Saturday. We had a couple friends over from work. Well, we had one friend over from work and her and her fiancé, and we had a nice little take game. We played from, um, I don't know, sometime to sometime. I think it was like seven uh, hours total. It was a proper game, then. If you don't know when it started, you're not <laughs> sure when it ended. I think well, it was well two done, to nine. Sir. Well done. Yeah, it was it. But I, I, the first time I'd run a home game for people who'd never played before, I'd run organized play games at cons and stuff for people who'd never played before, but I'd never done it at home. Mm. So that was kind of cool. And for the Pathfinder nerds out there, I converted Master of the Fallen for- Fortress to second edition. Nice. And I don't like have a written out conversion for anybody because I just made notes, use those notes. So, yeah, it was that that was my thing. So, let's vote. Um the way this works, Alita, is you get four widgets and you decide who gets them. You can give them to yourself if you like, and whoever gets them gets to keep the widgets. We send them to you. You have to be careful though because they're slightly radioactive. Um Brian, we talked about using the word slightly. <laughs> uh, according to the lawyer, we have to use the term fairly. <laughs> oh, um, be hold on. Let me read this. Read this page. Yeah, yeah. Nerd it should be there radio is not responsible for any infections or poisoning caused by the widgets. The widgets are fairly radioactive. They are also are fairly rambunctious and have high appetites. Do not feed the widgets after midnight or expose them to air. <laughs> or expose them to air. <laughs> Do not play loud TV around the widgets. Do not jostle the widgets. Do not eat in front of the widgets. What if I hold them and tell them that they're worthwhile? Is that okay? They, you know, they've already gained sentience a while ago. You, you really don't want to encourage them. <laughs> but, you know, they're, if you win this game, they are yours. So you get you get four. Who do you give them to? Is this an actual question? Like, if I had four widgets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, this is how we vote. This is the, the widgets or the voting thing. The whole... There, there's there, there's going to be a lot of sci-fi jokes in this podcast. You'll get used to it. We just play it off of it as if it's real. Um, what if I choose not to get used? To? That's okay too. You can just be the the guest that gets weirded out by everything we say. <laughs> uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> so once again, Alita, you have four. Who do you give them to, and why? Does it all have to be people involved in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, <laughs> yes, but I mean. You know, Go for in it. In the past, we're involved in the stories. Like, you could give the widgets to David's girlfriend's kids. Hey. Instead of giving it to David. 
I would choose um, two to Brian, one to David, and one to, I don't know, whoever is responsible for keeping nerds in line. Oh, that would be me. You don't get three. (laughs) (laughs) We'll give Uh, one to you. Sure. David, (laughs) you have four. Right. I will give two to Alita for trying to be as uh, as nice as she has been. You're you're a great sport. Uh, I will keep one for myself because I am a terrible person. And then I will give Brian one pity. <laughs> pity widget. Was that your nickname in high school? <laughs> Damn. This <laughs> that was good. This this doesn't happen that very often. But Alita and I tied. You haven't voted yet, numbnuts. Oh oh yeah. <laughs> I need to vote. Okay. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I'll give two to Alita and two to myself. Hey, this doesn't happen very often, but Alita and I try. <laughs> Ooh, what's I give, the tiebreaker? I give Brian my negative widget. <laughs> That's the tiebreaker. Uh, See, it's, it's an anti-widget. When an, when an anti-widget and a regular widget meet, there's an explosion because they can't exist in the same space at the same time. Every host gets one. Every, like host of the podcast gets a negative widget and then once a host uses their negative widget nobody else can use one we always give them to brian yep <laughs> and i usually I, deserve them. you make this really complicated but oh absolutely yeah there's a reason for that but we won't get into it right now the credit for the complications to mike myler game designer who was a guest on our podcast and decided that us just voting once was too boring and we needed to make the game last for 20 minutes so <laughs> instead of just getting one vote each we get a system of votes based on how many people are here mike myler game designer Making games complicated since 2005. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to make something more complicated, ask a game designer. Oh, I love that. That and our game is complicated. So um, when I was three years old, um, my bedtime was 7.30. Um, but at 8 p.m. on Thursdays, I was allowed to stay up so I could watch The Muppet Show. It was actually on back then. Um, uh, it was my favorite show growing up. And after it was canceled, we would borrow the VHSs from the library. I, I'd memorize every single song. I, I still remember Ugga Wugga Huggy Mugger. <laughs> um, and The Muppet Show and Sesame Street were sort of a home for me when I was a kid. And when I was 11, when I heard the news that Jim Henson had passed away, I was devastated. Um, so um, between The Muppets and several movies, Jim Henson has been has, several movies that the Henson and his company have worked in. He's been a big influence on our generation. Um, so we're going to start off with um, what was your first exposure to Jim Henson's work? Alita, as our guest, you have the honor of being able to answer this question first. I think I gave you plenty of lead-in time so you can unmute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, the first, see, and I'm trying to think what the the very first um, exposure was. The most memorable is, of course, um, Fraggle Rock for me, in that um, it came out the same year I was born, and it was um, something, it was a way that uh, my grandfather and I, my that lived on the East Coast, could kind of bond. We didn't have HBO, and because it was, um, um, it is in fact HBO's first original program, Fraggle Rock is, and like long before The Sopranos or any of that, um, and we would watch it together when we were in Virginia visiting that side of the family, but then he would record it and send the VHS, and then I would watch these hours. It was like my first binge watching it. So there's that, and then seeing um, the Muppets take Manhattan in the theater was the other really 
memorable thing. Oh, wow. I agree with you completely. (laughs) I agree with you completely. Muppets Take Manhattan was a hit. That was so great. Oh, my gosh. When I am, when one of my uncles got married, I sang somebody's getting married like at the end when (laughs) when uh, everybody was leaving and just, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, it just really affected me. And it was a way to kind of relate to things without it having to be people, right? If you're really creative, like finding that other outlet where, okay, there are other creative things to do. Like, yeah. I don't know what I was supposed to do now. (laughs) Oh, you ask David the same question. Oh, okay. Sorry, I have many things open here. Um, So, David, what was your first exposure to Jim Henson or what really affected you? Well, the first real exposure I had was Sesame Street when I was a kid. I was a child of the late... I was born in 86, so I grew up with Sesame Street in the late 80s. And then from there, I went on to Nickelodeon with Muppet Babies, a classic cartoon show that was awesome in its time. And then as I got older, I began to discover the Muppet Show and then several of the movies that came out. And I've I've always been a fan. I've never not enjoyed Jim Henson's. And it's... uh, Yeah, he's... uh, he is great for children because he's able to convey stories and feelings in a way that's easy to understand for kids. It's uh, it's good work. Uh, how about you, Brian? Where'd you first uh, run into him? I think, um, see, Sesame Street and The Muppet Show kind of blend together for me. Muppet Show is sort of my most vivid memories watching when I was a kid. But I remember watching Sesame Street, and I just assume Sesame Street must have been first. Um but I was of the age that got to see the episode where Mr. Roper died. Um, that was the guy who attended the... And it was the mm. first time that... Mis- Mr. Hooper. Mr. Hooper. Yeah, not Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hooper. Thank you very much for correcting it's okay. me. It's okay. Um, but I remember when Mr. Hooper died. And I remember being sad when I was a kid. And I remember learning about death and loss and, and sympathizing with Big Bird and how sad he was. Oh, yeah. No, it was... Amazing the lessons that that show was able to teach kids our age. Um, but really, I also re- mostly remember laughing my ass off at the Muppet Show, watching the episode with Mark Hamill, where he played Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill, and one would walk out one door and the other would come in the other door. Yes, I, I've seen that one. Um, I, I remember the Steve Martin episode where he wanted to do serious work <laughs> instead of comedy, which is funny that how his career kind of went in that direction. Um, I um, I remember some of the more obscure episodes. Like I said, Hugga Wugga Huggy Mugger. Um, I sing that song sometimes. I'll be like driving home from work. If you don't remember the skit, it was this alien that would pop up and sing Ugga Wugga Huggy Mugger and do this whole thing. And then another alien would pop up and sing You Are My Sunshine. And I thought that was the most hilarious thing when I was a kid, and I still love it. I pop it up on YouTube every once in a while. In fact, I am going to add that to the show notes. Um, I show so notes. need to look that up because that sounds amazing. Um, I'm typing it in. Because, I, I, I can tell. I can hear your keyboard from here. Okay. David, why don't you share something else about the influence of the Muppets and or Jim Henson's work, something other from Jim Henson's work, and then ask Alita the same question while I type show notes. Fine. You want to be lazy? I see how it is. Well, um, I mean, for me, one of my favorite, uh, my favorite part of Jim Henson's work, the ones always stuck with me, the musicals he did for, mo- for movies, Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island, 
Muppets Take Manhattan, even just the the original Muppets movie, and they were all really, really good, and they all stick with you. With I mean, I still know most of the songs to those. And Muppet Treasure Island has Tim Curry playing uh, Long John Silver. It's, it's amazing. Oh my Bob, I love Muppet Treasure Island so much. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. Heaven fever. Does anyone else here agree that? Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of the Christmas Carol? Uh, yes, I fir- I firmly agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, how about what you, Alita? What was your favorite part of, uh, of Mr. Henson's? Favorite part of Henson's work or Henson's genius? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, as far as his genius, like, the, the fact that he was able to make the movies that he did, as far as, like, um, you know, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, um, all the stuff that he did with, Fraggle Rock and and uh, the Muppet Show without CGI, right? Like using actual actors, using what technology was available in the the um, the 80s and yeah, the 80s. I mean, and uh, well, technically, like you know, he started Muppets 1958. The uh, Muppet um, Company was in he started in 1958, and the the stuff he was able to accomplish without you know, lavish technology, you know, animators or whatever. Super impressive. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the, you know, even with, like, the stuff in the Labyrinth and the stuff in Fraggle Rock with the Gorgs, how um, he was able to have the the puppeteers um, off camera making the, the mouths of the Gorgs move or any of the other, um, some of the characters on Labyrinth. Uh, while there's another actor like, in the costume, right? Like, I don't know. It's just the the teamwork and the collaboration and the innovation that he had um, without, you know, utilizing the amazing technology we have today is really impressive, you know? And, and the, the vision he had, like, it hadn't been done before, but let's try it. I hadn't thought about the Gorgs in a really long time, and as soon as you said it, I remembered the voices in my head. <laughs> Junior, mostly. Right, kind of uh, unmistakable, but uh, they they were done by by two actors. So they had like a body actor in the giant suit that had um, giant f off black and white television screens, so that they could see out the eyes of the um, the height that the gorgs were supposed to be. Right, and they called it gorg vision. And then they had the actual animatronic puppet off scene where the the person voicing the um the character was moving it and that was making the mouth move and making the eyes blank and stuff while somebody else is completely doing all the physical stuff did you uh, know that the human scenes in fraggle rock were different human scenes in different countries yes they were and 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 it all fit for um the demographic of wherever the the country was as far as like uh you know in America, he was an inventor. In um, England, he was a lighthouse keeper. And um, I believe he was a baker in France, something like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. To be fair, I, I don't really, I, I know like the theme song of Fraggle Rock, but I don't really remember much about the show. I don't really have seen it in syndication. To, I haven't gotten to see much of it myself because we didn't have HBO when I was a kid. I have the box set. <laughs> I have the yes, and you have you set. have made it very clear that I'm welcome to borrow that sometime. So I need to watch that. Um, I um I thought it was funny that the Fraggles were originally going to be called the Woozles. Right. Oh and wow, that is it because of Winnie the Pooh. Wow. Yeah. Who was your favorite Fraggle? 
My favorite Fraggle. Um, somebody asked me this the other day. My my favorite Fraggle is probably Wembley, and then uh, second is Boober. But my favorite character is the Trash Heap. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember anything about this I'm, show. I'm getting memories. Whatever you say, it it's like, oh yeah, no, nope. oh Sorry. yeah, but I know exactly who Wembley is to the cartoon. Right, which was a short-lived animated series, but yeah, it it. It was the first show to ever be, the first American TV series to ever be broadcast in the Soviet Union. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I I remember that my favorite characters on Fraggle Rock were the or Dozers? Doozers? How do you Doozers. pronounce it? Doozers. Doozers. Yeah, I, I loved them. I was, was fascinated by them, and I liked that they gave them more, um, they gave them more to do on the cartoon. They had a bigger role on the cartoon? I don't really remember the cartoon. The cartoon would be like individual little stories and sometimes the stories would be doozer based so oh, okay. it would be like a character goes on a short adventure and it'd be like 10 minutes long it'd be kind of like how how looney tunes works yeah and half yeah they're yeah. little itty bitty half episodes and they do that and then every once in a while there'd be a doozer episode nice it wasn't like a big giant adventure like the muppet baby it was more like little skit little 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 episodes so I think we're ready for um, something else. Um, well, I mean, keep going down your list here. Well, that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay that's then. What I'm, at. I'm good. Well, How are you right. doing? I'm yeah. doing okay. It's hotter than hell here, but I'm doing. Okay. Good times. Good times. All right. Um, Party on, Wayne. Party on, Alita. <laughs> Alita, who is your Muppet and why? I actually just had this conversation earlier today. Um, my favorite Muppet and why? I like. I liked how all of the personalities of all the Muppets served a purpose. And so I liked the purpose of Gonzo and of Sam the Eagle. I'm not really on. What do you mean by purpose? In that, you know, everybody had a role to play and every personality, you know, you didn't have two of the same. So it was like multi facets of uh, society. And like you had the weirdo, right, who just didn't give a flying F, which was Gonzo. And I absolutely love that. And then you had Sam the Eagle, who was obviously military, and um, he served structure and he served purpose. And everybody knows that dad, right? That's just like, it's all business. It's all this. Like, you know, there's everything's cut and dry. And you just want to give him a hug and just tell him to, like, calm after him. Like, I just... Okay. I, I always thought of Sam as, like, the... Um, he was the censor. Yeah. Yeah, like he would yes. say, he would go to Kermit and be like, "We need to change the content. I think this is too, this isn't American." Right, <laughs> it was military. <laughs> but it, I, he, there were parts of him that kind of reminded me of my dad. So it was like, yeah, I had, I had a soft spot for Sam. I, I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's neat that you had like a personal connection. Um, what about you, David? Who was your favorite Muppet and why? I, I have to say Gonzo, just because. Yeah, I think that's going to be good most people's. Good old bazooka beak. Or um, banana, whatever, whatever uh, uh, Miss Piggy banana is calling. Banana beak. Yeah, banana. Uh, in, in the Muppet Baby cartoon show, they she used to call him bazooka beak. So she called him bazooka beak a few times. Um, why was Gonzo your favorite? Uh, he was always the oddball and always the one coming up with the crazy ideas. He was the one that was into, into the sci-fi and into, you know, just he was along for the ride most of the time. He was always the fun one. And it what just kind of spoke to me as a child. I'm, I'm not sure why. What did you guys think of um, them revealing that Gonzo was an alien in the movie? I mean, it makes sense. I, I, I liked it when it was mysterious. Yeah. It, but it, it then again, always bothered me a little bit. It makes sense, though. I mean, what else could he be? Some kind of bird. 
I agree with you, um, Brian, in that I I didn't necessarily want to know his origin story. <laughs> I didn't really care to see what his family looked like or anything. And, you know, it was kind of fun that he was the weird odd man out and you could kind of make up your own. Exactly. Background. And there's there's other Muppets, too. It's like they made this big deal about Gonzo wondering what it is. But there's other Muppets that who knows what the hell they are. But I guess they're all monsters. <laughs> I mean, they, they they have roped those other Muppets into being monsters. Monsters is a category of Muppet. Right. I liked My, it back when he was a whatever. I guess you could say I'm a whatever. <laughs> um, I I have to say that my favorite Muppet is the Swedish chef. The Swedish chef, yeah, he's... Um, and I think I get that from my mom, because when I ever watched the Muppet show with my mom, she'd be laughing her ass off while the Swedish chef was doing his thing. Um, yeah, she loved the chef. She always thought that was... A, well, she still loves the Swedish chef. My mom's still around. <laughs> my mom loves... Um, and she does the worst Swedish chef impression. It's like... Erde birde gerde birde lobster. <laughs> awesome. This uh, was actually, the hands were done by Frank Oz. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yeah, there were human hands. It was done by Frank Oz, and the voice was done by Jim Henson. Wow. And I knew that the joke behind this chef is the person who was doing the stuff on the table couldn't see what they were doing. Right. I, I knew that was the joke. It, it it's sort of like when you when you stand behind someone and they put their arms behind their back and you put your hands through so you become their hands. Yes, that's that's hysterical. I I always assumed that because that's something they do in improv and I always assumed that was how it became a part of the Muppets. I'm sure that's how it was. Yeah, it's it's amazing to think about it. Okay, so um, I'm gonna take the same question and twist it a little bit. Alita, who is your favorite Muppet on Sesame Street? The Count. Oh, that was quick. Why? I liked his accent, his outfit, his hair, and, uh, yeah, I just liked him. I, I like the idea of making a vampire not scary. Yes. Yeah, and uh, what's the joke that Dave Chappelle does? Like, we all know a pimp when we see a pimp. Like, <laughs> I used to have this air about him that I created. <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite videos on the internet for a long time was... Uh, that it was called the count censored someone took the song where he's counting bats and censored and bleeped the word uh count so <laughs> it sounds terrible when you listen to it but all they did was bleep the word count it's hysterical if you haven't seen look that up i will definitely so the count censored is the yeah it's just called the count Censored. um okay. on jimmy kimmel they do this thing called unnecessary censorship and they've yeah. done the muppets many times oh. and it there was this one with Cookie Monster, and it's like, I love Cookie. I put Cookie in my beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a good... What about you, David? Sesame. Oh, uh, I was always big uh, Oscar the Grouch fan. I think a lot of people share that sentiment to you. What What was special about Oscar? I don't know. Just uh, all the stories my mom has when I was a kid. I was always running around like uh, pretending I was Oscar. I, I did him as Halloween a few times. I, I'm not... 100% sure what the, I was a little kid. I don't really remember that much about it, but I'm not 100% sure what the what the connection was. But apparently, I was into it hard. So I, I don't know. How, <laughs> how about you, Brian? Um, you know, it's a tie. It's got to be up between um, Big Bird and Snuffleupagus. Uh, I love the imaginary friend thing and how nobody saw Snuffy for the longest time, and they finally paid it off in an episode. And that was one of the highest rated shows on TV ever. 
um, when it, it was like everybody had to watch Sesame Street with their kids because they were going to have Snuffy show up for the first time. And they teased through the whole episode. They kept on having Snuffy show up to meet everybody. And then Snuffy would walk away for a second <laughs> after Big Bird goes to get the friends. At the at very end of the episode, they finally see Snuffy. <laughs> oh, man, I don't remember this, but I, I'm sure I it said was, it before. It was a really big deal. It was it was it was one of those like TV phenomenon episodes that uh, everybody made a big stink about. It's sort of like the last episode of MASH, you know, it's, it's yeah. like, sadly my memory from a lot of things when I was a little kid is very, very spotty. It might've happened so. before you were memory. It's exactly. That's the thing. I, I was born in 86. So yeah, it could have been the like early stuff. I, 84 yeah, thing. The early stuff I really remember is like the, the early mid nineties. Yeah. But you knew about Mr. Hooper. You know, yeah, but that's that's yeah, I did. That's just good trivia to know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um I um I have a little story to tell about Big Bird. I was talking to my cousin who has um who has a 3-year-old daughter and um he showed her that they were watching Follow That Bird mm-hmm. and it's the same VHS that I watched with him when I was a It's Bird so much. Uh, I barely remember it. I remember going to the movies to see it and I remember watching the VHS over and over with my cousin. And it was I was I was 6 years older than him, so it was basically him asking me to watch it. Right. Um but yeah, I followed that bird over and over and over again. And then I think the generation after that was Elmo in Grouchland. So I was really happy that he's showing her follow that bird instead of Elmo in Grouchland. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um so let's talk about movies and, you know, we got some time, so I'm going to split up movies and TV. Um, okay. Alita, um, Jim Henson's work has been featured in lots of movies. You have the Jim Henson Creature Shop. You have the puppeteering workshops working in different things, not just the Creature Shop. And then you have movies created by Jim Henson. Um, what's your favorite movie that was influenced by Jim Henson's work or they work directly on it? Oh, gosh. Um, well, of course, we know he did Yoda. And I just like all the Muppet stuff. Like, I just, I love Fraggle Rock and I love Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you could, yeah. yeah. Labyrinth was great. Labyrinth was great. Did, uh, um, David, did you know that um, the Fireys in Labyrinth, those red monsters, they were puppeteered by the same guy who did Elmo? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we discovered that one day when we were sitting outside. Yeah, I looked it up because I, nice. I, I disagreed with you. You called them something other than fireys. Nice. And it turns out I'm silly. <laughs> Do you remember what you thought they were called? Grunions, and I don't remember why. Maybe you picked it up. Maybe like they were originally called that on set or something, and you picked it up when watching an, a documentary or something. Because there's so many documentaries. Mm-hmm. I, um... Uh, for for people in the Portland area, because I know we got some Portland listeners now that I live out here, and I've told people about the podcast. There in on on Hawthorne and on Hawth in the Hawthorne district, there is a store called the Fernie Bray that the owners are friends with the Froud family, and they have all sorts of puppets designed <gasps> oh, by the Froud awesome. family. Yeah, you uh, have mentioned that before. Puppets and sculpture and stuff. There, it, it's a really really cool place to visit. It's like walking into the labyrinth. There's fairies and goblins and monsters and all sorts of cool stuff in there. That's so Wait, cool. where is this? You don't know about the Fernie Bray? No, now I feel totally left out. <laughs> yeah, it's on Hawthorne, and the owner is friends with um with um um Brian Froud's family. What? 
Toby's actually been in the store a few times. That's amazing. Yeah, the, um, they but they have all sorts of stuff um, from. I don't know if it's directly from. I, I think they have had things directly from the movies, but not while I've been there. But they have a lot of stuff that Brian's Brian Brian's done, and his wife has done, and Toby's done. Toby had a whole collection of puppets there the last time I was there. And if you don't know who Toby Froud is, he played the baby in the labyrinth. Right. And he went into creating puppets and um, artwork. I love that. And he actually worked on the Dark Crystal sequel that's going to be on Netflix. Oh, neat. When is that meant to air? Do we know? I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. I, I Why don't you go ahead and share your favorite things, and then I'll... Um, well, I mean, it's for me, it's the pinnacle is Muppet Treasure Island. You don't get any better than that. The acting was amazing. The Muppets were fun. Everyone got their comeuppance in the end. It was just glorious. Uh, Rizzo the Rat and all his rat family end up taking the treasure in the end. It's beautiful. I know, spoilers. And it comes out on August 30th. It comes out on August 30th. Sorry, Elite, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's but okay. It, the, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is coming out on August 30th. Awesome. No, what I was saying is Jennifer Saunders was in uh, Muppet Treasure. Yes. Yes. Um, I, you know what, Erica isn't here, but I have this opinion on my own. Um, my favorite movie that Jim Henson worked on was Labyrinth. It's my absolute favorite. I think the movie is beautiful. It's beautifully made. The monsters are very believable, and it's just a wonderful work of art. No, I, I agree. It's not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's closely seconded by um, um, Dark Crystal. Um, as far as the Muppet movies, I think my favorite one was um, Muppet Movie. The yeah, original the first Muppet one was movie. really good. I love how they made it a road show, and they somehow—I still don't know how they do this. Maybe you did know this, Alita, but I have no clue how they made Kermit ride a bicycle. How they made Kermit ride a bicycle? Well, it, that is one of the animatronic tricks that they did. So he's actually being led. The bicycle itself is being led, and it's he's animatronic with his little feet. Oh, that's an easy description. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if everybody's familiar with the Creature Shop's work in TV, um, but it, so let's let's just start, you know, just chime in if you know or not. So, Alita, do you know anything about the TV work Jim Henson Creature Shop has worked in that wasn't Muppet or Fraggle Rock? He's done a bunch of sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Uh, didn't they, did they do Farscape? They sure did. That's yeah. what I thought. I used to watch that with my dad. <laughs> this whole topic was just an excuse to talk about Farscape. I just want to let everybody know that. <laughs> really, Brian? <laughs> really? Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> Man, no wonder why Erica said she couldn't make it. Well, not the whole episode, but just this bullet. <laughs> I wish All they right, would go bring ahead. Farscape back. Actually, I think they yeah. might be bringing Farscape back. Farscape was good. Don't get me wrong. I don't hold it in as high as esteem as a lot of people did. I enjoyed it. I I remember a lot of people called it Muppet, Muppets in Space, and they didn't like that the the puppetry. But I I thought that they did a really good job of creating some really cool aliens. I agree. Um, but it did it did at times feel like Sesame Street. How did it but feel like Sesame Street? I don't understand. Humans that. interacting with Muppets. Really, that's the only basis you have to go on. Well, yeah. In space. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, one thing I really love Farscape is how psychedelic the show got later on. I mean, they got really psychedelic and experimental with their episodes. They did some crazy things with um, characters with consciousness living inside their heads and 
interacting with hallucinations and it ah, was the writer started drugs <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> it, it really got wild ah uh, the the writers found the lsd stash <laughs> so it's become really clear to me alita that you're very knowledgeable about um puppetry and the muppets um i know that you have a muppet can you tell us all about it? I didn't put that on the outline, but that sounds like a really good thing to talk about. I do. I actually have a um, custom-designed um, Jim Henson certified uh, Muppet Whatnot is called. Um, so basically, the Whatnots is what you would call a um, an extra in you know in a regular person movie, like the little extra Muppets that don't have uh, speaking lines or anything like that. They're just background. They're called Whatnots. And, uh, yeah, uh, I just saw the picture pop up. Yep, so that's Erlissa. Oh, my God, that's amazing. That's Erlissa Valour. Um, I designed her. Uh, it was, I don't know if they still offer it, but they offered it through FAO Schwartz about 17 years ago. My former fiancé, who was fantastic, got, um, uh, got this idea and, uh, you know, ordered me or, or gave me the opportunity to custom make my own Muppet and they gave gave me a option of colors of um, you know body or whatever and body types face shapes nose shapes different types of eyes the hair the outfit everything you just design yourself and uh, they made it up for you it took about um, I think it took like six weeks and then they sent it out, and I got it for my 29th birthday about seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. You and, can uh, buy an FAO Schwartz Blue Muppet Whatnot kit on Amazon for $200. There you go. Wow. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Yes. So that's that's what it is. It's by uh, FAO Schwartz, but it's it has the uh, little certificate of authenticity from, uh, you know, Jim Henson Company, and uh, it comes in a little... Nice little uh, dustproof bag and all that. Although it's very hard to wash because it is the um, it is the signature type of felt that Henson uses on his Muppet, which is not necessarily dustproof or anything like that. But it came with the little wires for the arms, and uh, yeah, she's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. They have the blue one and they have the orange one. They're both two hundred dollars and. They're not gender specific. You can put your own outfits and facial features on them. Exactly. You get to pick it's, the nose and the hair and everything. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it does it have the little, um, I don't know terminology. You can correct me if you like, but does it have the little stick and the, so you could actually use it as a Muppet? Yeah, I, I just, I don't know what it's actually called. I just call it the arm wand. I just, it comes with two wands, um, but one of the wands got lost. So now she has a regular wand and a coat hanger. But <laughs> I, I bet you dollars to donuts it's probably called the arm wand. I'm pretty sure it is. And honestly, the coat hanger that you're using is probably going to last longer than that other arm wand will. A couple of the guys at fair run pair, run puppets, and they go, yeah, I stopped buying the, the fancy wands after a while. I'll just start using coat hangers because you lose them all the time. But you, with the coat hangers, you have to make sure you seal the end. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll chew up the felt and the foam on the inside, she's precious. I, I have right. to say, when David says fair, that means renaissance. I just yes, want to make sorry. that clear. I should have I should have been clear about that myself. I, and, I figured. I figured. And there are some awesome puppeteers oh, at, yeah. the, 
at the Irwindale Renaissance. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, all right, so Brian talked about Farscape. Alita talked about the Muppet that she owns. I don't own a Muppet. Uh, uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, I love how I love I love when you take control like this, David. It's very I got sexy. Lo- and then I got lost. And <laughs> like, all right, we need to go. Oh, that's a wall. Crap. Where are I we was going? writing up uh, show notes, and then I realized uh, it got really. I was writing up show notes, and I realized it got really quiet. Then I'm like, oh, David's taking control. I'll just let I, him let him I dig was, his I, own I, hole. I, I, I was holding out the baton, and you didn't reach for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I. You know, we're, we're at 47 minutes. Um, I don't know how much more we can suck out of this topic. I think it's time that we play a little game. I, we haven't done one in a while. Um, everybody happy about that? Absolutely. Uh, sure, works for me. We haven't played a movie game in a while. Yeah, and I like that who, what, when, where, wh- that who, what, when, where game that Erica came up with. Let's, let's oh, see how... Oh, it has been a while. Jesus, I don't even remember that. Okay. Let's see how... Badly, we can butcher this game. Maybe she came up with it when you were working fair. It might have been. What What's the story here? Um, in your head, you pick a movie. Okay. And then you say who you use, who, what, when, and where. So, like, if I was gonna do E.T., I would go Alien. Um, um, actually, just who, when, and where. So, who or what, when, and where. So I'd go Alien. Um, eighties. Um. Uh, Suburbs. Okay. And then see what happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Try to be as vague as possible, and it usually it works out pretty well. So um, I'm gonna say, um, and and Alita, I would recommend not muting while we play this game, so you can just jump in and try to guess before the other person. Oh, you got it. Um. So let's see. Um. You got another one in you, big boy. I actually have to come up with a real one this time. Uh, I'm working on. It. I, I think I got a good one. So I'm gonna say um, adult high school, um, Illinois in the '80s, and I have to give another clue because there's a lot of movies like that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say activity. Um, what they were doing. I'm gonna say um, playing hooky. Oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you want to try one of these, David? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on. Um, okay. Um, and Alita, you're next, so get ready. Ah, correct. <laughs> so it's it's who or what, where and when. Okay. Um, bounty hunter, suburb, suburban commando. Yes, that's the. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Too- it could. The only way to make it easier would have been to say Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, Alita, you ready for this? Are we sticking with? Let's stick with '80s movies, I guess. Sure. Okay. Why not? Um, Suicide High School, Mr. Robot. Heathers. Nice. Ooh, I didn't know that one. All right. Well done. Well done. If you haven't seen Heathers, watch it immediately after we're done recording. Okay. It's now a Broadway musical. Which, yeah. Uh, which, which streaming service is it currently on? I don't know. Oh, I'll have to pirate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta give another. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do um, 80s. Let's think. Um, I can't. I can't get Christian Slater out of my head, and I can't think of another 80s movie. <laughs> that, um, Ooh, I can. <laughs> All right, then you try it. You try it later. Um, we'll do Pirate Radio Rebellion. Talk hard. I don't know. You no know, clue. David? Do you give up? Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Pump up the volume. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I have either. Wow. Okay. Well done. Well done. Christian Slater, right? So Christian Slater, 80s. I was just going off a tangent. Um, yeah. Yeah, so if you're going to watch Heathers, watch Pump Up the Volume as well. Okay. Oh. I got one. Um, written by Quentin Tarantino, 
Christian Slater, Gary Oldman plays a pimp. This is 90s. Oh, okay. Oh, um, uh, True Romance. Yep. One and, of my favorites. Yeah, if that, if, if that description sounds like a fun time, see that movie. <laughs> because Gary Oldman plays a pimp. And Bronston Pinchot's in that movie, if you know who that is. The name sounds familiar. Bronston Pinchot was a very, very popular actor on a show called Perfect Stranger oh, that, okay. was, that was on Must TV. It was the show that actually Family Matters was spinoff of. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The, um, I remember I saw True Romance. And I, I, every time I saw a movie that had Bronson Pinchot in it, I'd be like, I know who that is. Oh, my God, that's Bronson Pinchot. Oh, my God, he was so popular. Um, when um, I think when the movie Stephen King's It, the miniseries, came out, mm-hmm. Perfect Strangers was the most popular sitcom on TV. Okay. And it's so weird that very few people remember that show. It I don't, I don't so think I've, I don't think I've ever seen. It. I don't think it ever really went into syndication. It played for many many seasons, but I've never seen a rerun of it. I, I kind of wish it. It's a good show. I think maybe because um, it might not work for today's audience, it might be considered a little racist. Possibly. Yeah, it had to do with an immigrant um, who acted weird. I mean, that was the funny thing about the show was that he didn't understand U.S. custom, but it was a made-up country. But I, I, I can see how that really fly nowadays. Yeah, probably not a good idea in the current climate today. It's kind of how, like, Latka on Taxi doesn't really work today. Not so much. Well, he's amazing, though. I mean, he works if you're not super sensitive and weird about it. True, but welcome to today's world. I know, it's sad. Um, the, so, Alita, do you have anything nerdy going on with you that um, next few weeks or anything that you plan on doing that sounds exciting to chat about? That sounds exciting to chat about. I think it's uh, it's funny that, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know if we can go anymore on the Jim Henson topic because I'm thinking of all the things that I can Oh, yeah, you can up. totally bring stuff up. You're oh, welcome. Oh, yeah, please. The tangents are absolutely welcome. <laughs> we, the structure is an illusion. <laughs> the structure is an illusion, right? Yeah. Well, Much and, like the pirate code, they're a bit more like guidelines, really. Loose guidelines. <laughs> um, it's a suggestion. Um. No, but I'll I'll do a, a shameless plug for now, I guess, and then because I could keep talking about you know. Oh, you're the guest. Talk away, please. Yeah, and, yeah. Let's let's wait. We should save your plug for a little later. We yeah, we let's, got let's freeform it. <laughs> we got about a half hour of podcast left. Feel free, add more content. What do you want to talk about? Well, I was the reason why I was so excited that um, about doing an episode is the fact that. Um, you know, super innovative and super ahead of his time to the point where his legacy didn't even really take off until after he passed away, right? Which he passed away in the 90s, or, or 1990, actually. And so it's one of those where he, um, you know, he started the company as Muppet Inc. in 1958, and it took up until, you know, the mid-90s for people to really start to appreciate it and for you know, his son to take things over and for Brian Henson to kind of bring it into the light, all the innovative stuff that he actually did. Like, um, I was talking about how he did all the things that he did without, you know, computers and, and all the CGI stuff and and uh, Fraggle Rock being the first um, American TV show to be broadcast in the Soviet Union. And um, after Fraggle Rock started, um, the <laughs> Jim Henson kind of made a note that it wasn't lost on him that the Berlin Wall fell 
10 months later, which I find kind of arrogant and slightly amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, like the stuff that he used for the offsite um, puppeteering in order for the voice actors um, to be separate from the physical actors and all that is now the precursor for um, motion capture, right? Yeah. I never thought about it that way before. It, so it, No, and it is. It was called a Waldo. And then that technology that they used both for the, um, they used it in Labyrinth, and they also used it for the the Doozers because they were these tiny little animatronic guys being controlled by a Waldo, and then the um, the Gorgs who were giant, you know, being controlled as well. That is the precursor for stop motion, or not stop motion for um, motion capture. And uh, what was the other one? Um, the I don't know. He was just super clever and. And the the ideas that he had in play and the friends that he made and the collaborations he did with people um, kind of paved the way for, you know, what we're able to do today as far as like the fantastic. Because he didn't see a limit, right? Yes, we didn't have the technology, but he didn't see a limit. He was going to do what he could with what he had. And yeah, I just absolutely admire the man. And uh, I have a question for everybody mm. has anybody here i have not seen has anybody here seen uh, the happy time murders uh no and i heard that it wasn't as good as let up to <gasps> brian oh. henson directed it right yes and he partially wrote it too didn't he yeah and i think the whole idea came about because brian henson was doing a thing called puppet up which was improv comedy but with puppets right and i i would love to see it i i the only reason I haven't seen it is everybody I've been trying to get to watch it with is like, I heard it was bad. Let's not watch it. I want to see it anyway, just to see an R-rated murder movie with puppets. Well, I'll tell you what, Brian, next time you come down here, I'll happily see it. I'll happily sit down and watch it with you. Well, I still have to see Tombstone, too. Well, we can make it a double feature. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring the popcorn. Yeah, that's an ongoing um, thorn in the side of the other hosts on this podcast, Alita, and that I have never seen Tombstone. Yep. <laughs> With uh, Sam Elliott's epic mustache? Yes. Never seen the movie. Well, it deserves its own, like, screen credit, by the way, that mustache. It does. That mustache deserves its own on the walk of... <laughs> <laughs> Sam Elliott's mustache. Yeah! <laughs> I think that would be a great comedy skit where it's like Sam Elliott's mustache goes off on its own and starts its own acting career. Or no, it starts a career as a lounge skit. I was going to say, that sounds like a uh, robot chicken sketch. What if it, it gets like into a great robot. A what if it gets into a celebrity for Tom Selleck's mustache? No. <laughs> you could do the like that old MTV claymation show celebrity depth death match. Yes. <laughs> Sam Elliott's mustache versus Tom Selleck's mustache. Celebrity <laughs> stash match. Oh my god. What would some of the special moves be called? Uh, the handlebar. Oh, <laughs> <The laughs> I'm so glad I asked that question. It's great. The flying, the, 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 the flying Kaiser off the top rope. <laughs> um, the duster. The duster. Yeah, the duster in the bar. Yeah, the um, the um, the flavor saver. Ooh. <laughs> uh, he's giving him the soup strainer. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I have the whole just imagined in my head. Just you know, just. You know how would that how that would look? That would be fantastic. Of course, um, Tom Selleck's Tom Selleck's uh, mustache would have things like helicopter support. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the, I mean, the, the, the tangent there. That, that's, I think that might be the best tangent we've ever had on this podcast. It's a good one. Is the celebrity one. death match between Sam Elliott and Tom Selleck's mustache. <laughs> I, I am very happy. Um, did, have, you, have you guys looked at some of the photos of Brian Henson and how much he looks like his father? I've seen several pictures. I mean, yeah, he does look a lot like him. I and mean, he's almost uncanny sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, at that point, you might as well go for the look, right? You're already getting compared to him. Now, um, I he did the voice of Hoggle in Labyrinth. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that the whole family is amazing. I th- I think Brian Henson was directly responsible for the Creature Shop. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, um, it's it's one of those it's one of those dynasties. They got lucky and. Well, not necessarily lucky, but they had the right breaks and they got the right message across and were able Alita, to become. Yeah, Alita, do you know anything interesting about Frank Oz? I know you brought him up a couple times. I believe she ran AFK for. Oh, I wasn't paying attention to the chat. Okay. Um, well, what what can we do while we wait? Um, um, we can talk about the Dark Crystal. We could. Have you seen it? It's been a long time. It I has. It again. I, I just. I, I, I honestly it. don't. I haven't. I haven't seen it probably. <laughs> oh, you're back, Alita? No, she's. Hey, listeners, we are missing our guest right now, so we're we're you know this is our little awkward time to chat. Yeah. There's only two of us, so it's a little harder. Um, I want to let you know this is the magic of podcasting and how podcasts work. Ta-da. You know, sometimes Yay. you just have to talk about nothing while you wait for guests to come back. Sometimes you got to break that fourth wall and talk directly. Yeah, um, especially you know hasn't happened in a long time. I think a little rusty. Yeah, it's been. Oh, but our guest is back. Yay! Yay. Uh, I'm going to ask you the question I asked you because I wasn't paying to the chat attention to the chat, and I thought you were here. Um, you had mentioned some facts. You you had told us about the Frank Oz doing the hands of the Swedish chef. Do you know any interesting facts about Frank Oz? Anything else about him? You you seem so knowledgeable about the Muppets. I well yeah because <laughs> I pretty much feel like a uh, a Muppet in human form majority of the time. So. Um, Frank Oz also did the voice of Miss Piggy, um, and Frank Oz is also Yoda, and yeah, he's I knew, a I knew that. Um, he's a what? He he was Yoda. Yeah. Um. See. I know Frank Oz was a little prickly. Like if you asked him to do the voice of one of his characters, he would be like, "I'm an actor. I do not do that for your amusement. I do that when I'm playing a role. I don't just. It is an art form." And he would really wow. go on about, yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, so it's like... So I take it he didn't do a lot of convention, did he? <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> it depended no. on the paycheck, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess. Oh. Um, and I know that he's done... Um, he's directed and produced, like, you know, normal movies, like non-Muppet movies, but I think of what they are off the top of my head. Might have to goggle it, but he... Uh, oh, I feel like... I don't know. I just know that it was always awesome to find out that, you know, a uh, crotchety old man played the voice of Miss Piggy. Wait, did you goggle it? Like, instead of Google it? Uh-huh. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I heard that right. Sorry. Nice catch. <laughs> it made my brain itch for a second. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, so, no, I don't know a ton about Frank Oz other than the, the Miss Piggy, the Yoda, and that he was fantastic. And he was, um, he was Jim Henson's, um, you know, cohort and, uh, co-captain for since pretty much the dawn of time since 73 i think which is when the first muppet movie was done wow that's nuts yeah frank oz actually directed the 1986 movie little shop of horrors that's what okay yes 
That's what it was. Oh, uh, wow. All right. also the producer of all the Muppet spinoff movies, like Muppet, Great Muppet Caper and Muppets Take Manhattan um, and the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, he directed um, the uh, Dark Crystal. He directed Little Shop of Horrors, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Whoa. Steve Martin and really? um, Kane. Um, wow, the, right. uh, what About Bob with Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. That's the one. That, yeah, somebody mentioned that, and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. He directed In and Out with Kevin Klein. Oh. That's interesting, because that was a really controversial movie at the time. Because that was in 1997 and had to do with a character coming out as a married man coming out as gay. Right. Yeah. It was really controversial at the time. It was a rite of passage, and that was the year before I actually... It's really interesting that he was part of something so historical. I had no idea Frank Oz had anything to do with that. Yeah. Oh, he directed the... He, he directed the... Um, the um, I'm, I'm checking to see if it... Yeah, he directed the American remake of Death at a Funeral. I don't know that one. If you watch the British one, the the American one's fine after you see in the British one. But watch Death at a Funeral, the British one. Peter Dinklage is in both of them. And oh, okay. It's fantastic. He plays the same role in both movies. That's hysterical. But the um the British one has um um Alan Tudyk in it, and the American one, the role played by Tudyk in the British one is played by James Marsden, and it's yeah. both both actors a funny job of playing the role. But Alan oh. Tudyk is better. Tudyk's fantastic in everything he's been in, even when he was that damn chicken in Moana. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, the chicken. The, the, the best part of the entire movie. Yeah, was voiced by Alan Tudyk. Yep. <laughs> and all he really did was go, bah, bah. <laughs> uh, and, um, I'm pattered out on Muppets. Uh, Alita, do you got anything else for us? Um. Well, we didn't talk about any of his commercials he did, but... Um, oh, my God, the coffee commercials. The you coffee commercial. And the, the IBM commercial in which... Um, the old school IBM commercial, which a character named Wheel Stealer came and, like, chomped on things and all that, um, was the precursor for Cookie Monster. Oh, oh that's fantastic. The Wilkins coffee commercial. Was yes. The oh, sorry, I muted too early. Was the precursor for uh, Kermit the Frog. Oh, the yeah, but Kermit the Frog was and Kermit the Frog was made out of his coat. I didn't know that. That's no, that's neat. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was the same puppet, but it was the same voice. It was basically Kermit. It sounded just like him. But it doing, was this doing like coffee commercial. Great. It was this murderous little guy that basically murdered anybody who didn't drink the coffee. <laughs> that it would be it, like it's hysterical. It would be like, hi, would you like some Wilkins coffee? Oh no, I don't drink. Boom, and he would like blow him up. <laughs> right, like fire a cannon at him or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're on YouTube. There. Yes, they are. That you said he he um the the fired a cannon at him. All the um the uh tangent. All the uh, end of the uh, Muppet Show had two endings, two possible endings, where they either blew each other up or they ate each other. And he used to always say that I like the idea of things eating other things. Oh, that's funny. He he preferred that ending where one monster ate another. Yeah, they were made in the 50s, um, and the the character was a prototype that they eventually he eventually evolved into the Kermit the Frog character. But it's cool that I didn't know about Kermit being made out of his mother's coat. The original, yeah, and his mom's coat and ping pong balls. And yeah, it, wasn't, that, it wasn't even supposed to be a frog. It was a lizard type, and then it evolved into a frog. The names of the characters were 
Wilkins and Wonkins. Oh no, Wilkins and Wontkins. Like will and won't. Wilkins and Wontkins. That and <laughs> they were black and white, but the the frog like character was um it was like um a yellow Kermit. And the um the other little monster guy was like red. <gasps> and I posted the link in the chat. We can put it up on the Facebook on the Facebook after they're the episode airs. Displayed at um the Jim Henson's Fantastic World exhibition, which okay. I don't know where that is right now. Oh wow, that's neat. Oh, that is so cute. I like the little red guy. Yeah. And I'll make sure this stuff gets into the show notes. Yeah, that's awesome. So um now we are officially out of time. I know um, we, we kind of, we, you know, we've been covering this topic so quick and there's only three of us that um, we had to stretch it out. And Alita, thank you so much for um, helping me to pad my outline and come up with more stuff to talk about. Well, I'm good at, uh, you know, BSing and, and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you, well, you're so knowledgeable about this topic. It really helps. Yes. Thank you for joining us. It was very informative. And you're an awesome lady and a lot of fun to chat with. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> anybody who anybody who gangs up on on Brian is is like um is a good person and anybody on this podcast book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're uh I was trying to um describe you saying that uh, that uh yeah, what your stereotypical nerd sounds like and looks like. Yep, that's Brian. Oh. <laughs> but I did say you had social skills. I was like, he's that, but with social skills. Oh, okay. You're yeah. welcome. I was, you, you have to meet Michael. He's <laughs> our, other, our other host. <laughs> no, I've had a blast. I was so excited to do this that I was, like, super nervous, and, and I was trying to abide by the rules as far as muting and unmuting. But well, uh, our, our main goal is to be a fun place for guests to hang out. You know, if the listeners like it, they like it. If they don't like it, fuck them. Oh, precisely. So, so, um, hey, anybody listening, if you didn't like this, fuck you. <laughs> oh, before we're done, though, can I do my shameless plug? I am, we have some time, so feel free. Okay. So, once again, uh, um, Feisty Alita. And so, Feisty Alita on SoundCloud is, uh, I've been updating it lately, doing my soundtracking stuff. Um, I do weird digital music stuff, but I'm also a classically trained musician, a oboist and bassoonist, and I do, you know, cross-genre type instrumental work. And I've been putting new stuff up on there, and uh, what's the other thing? Um, FeistyAlita.com has been set to launch in a week for the last two years, so I'm not exactly sure, but uh, once I figure that out, that'll be going. You have a YouTube channel too, don't you? I do, and I only have one one video um, that's not private on there right now. Um, I had some, uh, let's say, security issues. Ah, yeah. good to know. Yes, so uh, things have been pulled off, but I will be relaunching um, various things. So uh, feistyalita.com or alitadied, D-Y-E is another one. <laughs> Is um is there a way for um listeners to reach out to you if uh, like tweets or something like that? Yeah, uh, uh, feistyalita dot music, and also I can be found on um so I said SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, feistyalita, F E I for those of you who don't know how to spell, um, F E I S T Y A L I T A, uh, and that's on uh Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Twitter is feistyalita.music, and uh, SoundCloud is Twitter. 
So um, that's fantastic, Alita. Thank you so much for sharing, and thank you so much for being here. Um, this was a great episode where we got to talk about Jim Hansen's work, and um, we had a fantastic guest who was very knowledgeable about that work. Thank you so much again. And um, that's it here. But if you want to hear more, you can support us on Patreon and go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio and listen to... I think we're just going to do like um, however much we want to. Yeah, we'll, but, we'll, um, we'll figure something to talk about. There's always good stuff on these bonus episodes. They're always better than the episodes. Sometimes. For <laughs> because, the most part, they are, yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? Things when, get crazy. When we, when we drop my outline, they always get better. So, you know, maybe I should take a hint. <laughs> well, it, at least you said it and not me, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, it's all about the tough love. So I have been Super Vegan Brian. I was joined by um, David Theobald III. Goodbye, nurse. And my favorite guest today, <laughs> Alita Battling, <laughs> a.k.a. Feist. <laughs> well, take it easy. And if it's easy, take it twice. Yay! This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Uh, Brian, cut me off. Bye.